Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 47. Glad you could join us. In this episode, the cast welcomes two members of the Colby team, Kelly Powers and Chris Bates. The crew talks about food and the lessons that can be learned by spending meaningful time in the kitchen. As always, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at colby.org. Enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. Welcome back to the Colby cast, Kelly Powers, Mathematics Department Chair, and Chris Bates, one of our advisors. Both of you Colby homeschooling moms as well. Thanks so much for coming back to visit with us. Thanks for having us. Yes, delighted to be here. We are excited to have both of you here today to talk about one of my favorite things, which is kids in the kitchen and cooking, the, the creativity and the independence and the attention to detail and just the generosity of sharing food and skills that kids can develop in the kitchen and just the fun and the joy that they can find of it. As as I say in our introduction to the podcast, I'm an avid home cook. I got started cooking um, quite a bit when I was about 14 and have kept going ever since then. But I was in the kitchen even before then helping our mom and Bonnie and Bonnie has had her kids in the kitchen for as long as I can remember. So it's just really something that we enjoy. And it, we know from your backgrounds, you enjoy it too. And so figured we could have a conversation about it. So that's a wide open topic, nothing really specific to get us started. Just kind of what do you like about cooking in general or with kids? So I love all things food. Unless it's cilantro and coconut, which I call the two evil seeds. And I do not I do not acknowledge any <laughs> foods that involve the evil seeds. Other than that, for the most part, I, I'm in. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I start my love of food started young. Uh, my mom was a working mom, and so I got the responsibility a lot of times of putting the family dinner together. Um, and then I just started to cook for people, and people are so happy when you cook for them. And uh, just seeing that joy. Um, so, I mean, I can't even count the number of brown batches of brownies I made during high school because people would be so excited when I would show up with brownies. Like, you know, who wouldn't want that excitement? And um, just kind of uh, baking is much more my passion. Uh, it, it involves chocolate, which is my passion. Um, so, and over the years, I have developed a weird obsession with cooking things that look like other things. So um, my husband's favorite dish that I make is my Santa pizza. Every single year, I create a pizza that looks like the shape of Santa. And I use garlic breadsticks for his beard. And he has a pepperoni hat. And um, so I remember uh, one year I built the resurrection scene out of scrambled eggs and pancakes. Um, and like you rolled away open uh, the the hard-boiled egg for the empty tomb, and I even had like a little angel up on the top that was watching the scene. The kids were like, what is this? Um, So uh, so yeah, so I I have a little bit of an obsession of getting creative, and I would say that 
food is not only my love and it's also kind of my art form. That is awesome. Right on. The possibilities are endless and anything that involves pizza, I'm there for. So. And that beautiful presentation and fun and unexpected presentation. Your first Santa pizza, how did the inspiration strike for that? How were you standing there thinking, I'm going to make this Santa? How'd that come to be? Uh, I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember. Um, well, I, I think actually it started with uh, every single year I make a huge fruit turkey and I take a Bartlett pear and that's his body. And then I take every type of fruit I can make and I make this massive, uh, you know, design of all of his feathers and everything. Um, and so I think after several years of making the fruit turkey, somebody was like, well, you need one big item for Christmas. Um, and so I was like, and I think that's kind of where Santa pizza kind of came from. And my husband loves pizza. So every year he encourages me to make a new. So this year I now have a teenager. So it was Santa and Mrs. Claus pizza. Cause if we just made Santa pizza, the rest of us weren't going to get to eat thanks to him. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but since then I've made uh, an Easter egg pizza and I've made a turkey pizza and uh, it, I mainly stick to holidays that I'm not teaching. So you'll notice it's all circled around the school breaks. Uh, so like there was no, you know, there's, there's no random holidays that are right there in the middle. Um, we don't get to celebrate those with pizza. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. At this point, I've been making it for so long. I, I can't really tell you kind of where it came from. But every year, like that is like their highlight. Like that's how we kick off Christmas break. Um, so as soon as mom's left schoolwork and actually has time for other things. Sure. That's the signal. The holiday has begun. Yes. The fun food comes out. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Well, um, unlike the rest of you, I. Uh, I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the kitchen with my mom. My mom loved to cook. She made these beautifully elegant meals for everyone. So she, we, we were definitely a meat and potatoes kind of family. We always had some, some sort of meat, some sort of potato, and something else. The holidays were gigantic. She would put on the whole spread, hors d'oeuvres and everything. Uh, my experience in the kitchen growing up was cookies. That's the one thing I could make, or brownies out of the box. So when I went to college, it was ramen noodles. It was, that was it, uh, my, my specialty. I could make ramen noodles and cookies. <laughs> so, uh, so I was on my own uh, learning how to, uh, learning how to cook. I remember uh, going to the grocery store the first time looking for a garlic clove. And I had, I had no idea what this garlic clove was going to be, was going to look like. And I just had this horrible memory of walking through the the uh, uh, produce section and being mortified, asking my friend, "What is a garlic clove? I don't know." And and these adults were looking at me like, "What on earth?" <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> since then I've grown, and uh, I think all the uh, all of our children they can identify all the all the different food items, even most of the spices in our kitchen. I love to cook. Uh, it's mostly. Uh, I don't do a whole, whole lot of baking, but I do a lot of cooking. Love to cook. And Kelly, I love coconuts. I, I use it. I, I've got it in my dinner sitting on the stove. I know it's not for everyone, <laughs> but uh, I actually, um, I made a sweet potato casserole 
and it's it's savory. I use like almost Thanksgiving style uh, seasoning with oregano and thyme, and um, but I cream it with coconut, like coconut cream, uh, the top half of that coconut can. So I do a lot of cooking with co- um, with canned coconut, and uh, like if I'm going to bread chicken. I bread it with shredded coconut, the the unsweetened big flakes, and I, you know, shred them. <laughs> I know, isn't that? And Kelly's like, no, this is horrible. <laughs> Chris, you and I can stick together because when Kelly said cilantro, Bonnie's face was like, mm, I'm out. She hates cilantro. I, I'm with Kelly on that one. The cilantro, no, no. <laughs> no cilantro. I, I use a lot of coconut, not for the flavor so much, but coconut oil and unsweetened coconut flakes to throw into granola and and things like that. But cilantro, I stay far away from. Yeah. Nice. And, and I do bring the kids in with me all the time. They're constantly curious. They're, they're all stirrers. So uh, ever since they were little, they were, they were my stir people. <laughs> Always having little bodies on my counter drives me nuts having so many little fingers <laughs> in everything I'm doing, but that's, that's their, their seat. If they're not tall enough to actually stir from the ground, they're, they're sitting on the counters and, and doing that from, for me. And, uh, once they were all tall enough to reach the, the control panel in the oven, that's, that's when they're allowed to start cooking for the, like for themselves. So I have, uh, my sixth, uh, sixth grader, she makes most lunches out of the week. So she uh, she's either grilling some uh, ham and cheese sandwiches, making quesadillas, uh, and and she's very creative with all of that. And uh, she also loves to make big breakfasts. She she makes pancakes, French toast, and things like that. Um, and I usually start them out with eggs. So eggs are very simple. It's kind of hard to ruin a scrambled egg unless you just unless you scramble it too hard. <laughs> but other than that, uh, we've had plenty of cracked eggs all over the house. It's a, it's a skill that if you don't have, um, if that's not something that you make regularly in your household, it's, you know, how do I, how do I crack this thing? I know it's fragile and I know, you know, it could make a mess, but, uh, in the home economics class, uh, Kelly, you probably witnessed this. Uh, there, I had a, a couple of students ask how, how do I crack an egg? And just because it's, it's just one of those skills that it's, it's, frightening because you know it's going to make a mess and um it's just one of those things once you figure it out you it's you're golden very true but but kelly those foodscapes sound impressive oh my goodness i i am not creative i i love searching out new recipes and trying new food groups and and uh i just i love to cook but i am not very creative when it comes to that stuff so that sounds pretty impressive See, my husband's stomach is not very fond of the fancy foods and the creative foods and all of the different things. And when we got married, I was a casserole queen. I loved casseroles. I loved mixing it all together. I loved, you know, creating all of these big, huge dishes. Um, And he informed me, I don't like combination foods. So um, I had to find a different way to go about cooking. And, you know, um, so it's, it's very, it's, you talk about meat and potatoes. I mean, it's the meat on one part of the plate and the starch on the other part of the plate and the salad on the other part of the plate. And that's pretty much what the, the Powers family dinner plate looks like every single night. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of, yeah. you know, tonight it was like chicken, diced up avocado, a salad and casserole. 
like that was your plate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So uh, touching. You gotta, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to yep. got to find other ways to 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 bring it all together. So, um, but yeah, in, in our house, the breaking of the eggs, you get a tiny little bowl and you break every single egg individually into that bowl. And then it's easy to scrape out whatever shell and then you dump it and then you break the next egg in that little bowl. Um, so, and my, my third grader still has not been promoted beyond the little bowl. Every egg she breaks still <laughs> has to go into the little bowl first because it's always still eggshell diving. But it's exciting to see how proud they are. I mean, you know, when she served it, you know, she made us muffins last week. She's like, you had to crack two eggs. And, you know, my husband asked her, is there going to be any shell in my muffin? And she's like, no, no, no. I pulled them all out. <laughs> well, Kelly, what you're saying about fitting your cooking to your family members, that's somewhat of how I ended up getting creative in the kitchen was food allergies in our family. And we have a corn allergy in our family, which did not realize how much corn is in everything. And so getting creative with that. We've had corn-free for a long time, egg-free. Now we have gluten-free, dairy-free, different people too. So that always gets complicated when we're like, okay, here's a corn-free and gluten-free recipe that everybody can eat. There's much rejoicing when we can find something that like checks all the boxes. Um, French fries do. Everybody can eat French fries. So we're good there. Forget French fries, tater tots. Everyone should have the tots. Yes. We're on the same team still. <laughs> tater tots. We're good. <laughs> Chris, I was going to ask you, um, when you were teaching yourself cooking, what were some of your favorite resources? Like, are you a cookbook person? Are you a food network person? Are you a food blog person? A combination? Like, what, what were some of the things that you found were interesting or helpful? when you were learning your way around the kitchen? I'm a cookbook person. I love cookbooks. I, I have my favorite stack. In fact, I'm looking at my, my big old cookbooks shelf over there. Um, I definitely like cookbooks. I, I gravitate towards food sensitivity kind of kind of books uh, be, because I'm, you know, though we don't have any serious allergies in our house, we do have a lot of sensitivities. So I also cook, um, I, tr- I try not to use uh, grains in our foods and uh, a few other different things. Um, I try, we go light on dairy just because, uh, oh, except the cheese, the kids and cheese. Oh my goodness. They, they will eat cheese for days. Um, so yes, I just found cookbooks and uh, there's, I don't think there's a couple of blogs that I do use every once in a while as resources, but nothing that I really follow. I love cooking shows, uh, all cooking shows. And Alton Brown, I think he is fantastic. I love everything Alton Brown. (laughs) In fact, in home economics, we, uh, I believe it was his uh, chocolate chip cookie recipe that we used. And I allow my kids to cook with the Alton Brown cookbooks because once they get big enough to use the stove, they are actually, they really are on their own in the kitchen. And so they have those resources to the, uh, for them too. I have uh, several kid-friendly cookbooks and Alton Brown, he usually adds in the science to cooking, which is always very fascinating. It's like, why does this do, you know, why, why do we need baking soda, baking powder? What are all these things? How do the combinations mix together? Big fans here. Yes, we've watched so much of his stuff and have his cookbooks. One of a line that sticks in my mind from one of his episodes is him saying, 
raisins are always optional. <laughs> that's how I feel about cilantro. That's always optional. Just keep running with that cilantro thing, but I can still hear him that those are always optional. Like I think he feels about raisins the way we feel about cilantro, Kelly. That's my thing. So yeah, yeah. those are great. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, you mentioned the Home Ec Club. I was going to ask more about how that's going. I know you mentioned it when we were able to talk with you and your husband, John, on an earlier episode. How's it been going since then? How's everything? Home Ec Club is going. It's fantastic. So we did start a club out with a bang with uh, our our cookie making. So they were all, uh, I took a poll. They were that was what they wanted to do. So I know that it was a big hit. They had a blast. Since then, we've done some some weaving. We've been sewing an apron. So there's a wide range of sewing skills in there. So I think it's been good. Everyone's getting their taste of how to put an entire project together and the many, many steps that goes into that. And next, we are actually tackling pasta, homemade pasta. Um, my, uh, I sent one, one of my students, um, one of my children, I let, uh, make fresh pasta, uh, about a month ago and it turned out great. It was something that it was, as soon as she was done making, they threw it in the pot and it was ready to go. That was what we threw dinner on that night. So, uh, and we're just going to do like a two ingredient pasta, something very simple that they can knead together themselves, roll out and make for, for their lunch. Because I know we have a lot of students on the West coast that'll be about lunchtime. And just to show not only the student how easy it is to put some of these things together and to start from scratch with some of their cooking, but show their parents also that, look, they they are very capable and they have so much fun. And I know one of you mentioned earlier their independence with cooking is uh, the, the, that's, that pride and that confidence that they feel when they've they've created something it's uh it's a blessing to watch and to see i will tell you my daughter was taking the home economics class and she is absolutely loving it we have we've also gotten an awesome opportunity to learn about the beauty of fractions um as that when we made that cookie recipe it said one fourth salt and she did not understand the concept of units and put in one fourth a cup of salt Instead of one fourth a teaspoon of salt, um, luckily I was able to discover this before any of us ate the cookies, um, and we started again and 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 tried it again. And but she is so pumped about this pasta thing because I told her I was like I've never made my own pasta, so the fact that she is about to make something that her mother, who spends a lot of time in the kitchen, has never tackled, like she's. She's on cloud nine, just the idea of it, and cannot wait to come back um, and, and make pasta in home ec class. So uh, the kids are having a great experience as well as uh, as you are. So many neat ideas. I'm impressed with all of you who are working with flour, like Kelly with your baking and Chris with the pasta. And I know Bonnie does a lot of baking. I'm more like you, Chris, with I do lots of cooking, but I like to mess with things. Like I like to see the way that vegetables change as as you saute them, or um, I usually will make a gigantic pot of bolognese and freeze it and work on that for a month or two. And I like to be able to mess with things. And I just get flour all over the counter. (laughs) I also don't really like just like stirring something together and then sticking it in the oven and walking away from it. I don't have the opportunity to mess with it. So 
I'm always impressed with people who don't cover their kitchens in flour when they cook with it and also have the patience to make the things that I definitely enjoy eating. Like those brownies that you mentioned, Kelly, those sound fantastic. I just, I'll make dinner. You can bring dessert. How about that? Dessert is my passion and my place. I will tell you the trick to flour is a clean dish rag. Um, Nothing gets mixed in my house if it does not have over the top a clean uh, dish rag over the KitchenAid. We do not hit the on button on the KitchenAid unless there is a clean towel on top of it. Uh, Because, yes, it will go everywhere, right? Um, So that's your trick to, to avoiding uh, flowering your kitchen. And, uh, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, now you can peek. And if it looks like it's mostly mixed, we can take the towel off so you can watch it. But, uh, but I learned, I learned that lesson, uh, once, uh, Celia really started, uh, my oldest has had no interest in, he has interest in eating everything that comes out of the kitchen, but, uh, cooking things in the kitchen is not his passion. So, uh, I didn't really get a chance to learn the, uh, art of cooking, uh, with children until until Celia Mary came along. So, uh, yes, definitely get yourself a clean dish tag, and then you too can do bake all the yummy things. <laughs> I think that's a good point. The the mess factor can be really a barrier to embarking on one of these projects, right? I certainly can relate to that. When ours were young, it's very similar experience. It sounds like Chris to ours. We did a lot in the kitchen as something to do. What are we going to do? Well, let's let's bake something. Let's it's either read something or bake something. Those were pretty much my go-to projects. So mixing stuff but, and everybody was in on it. And we've hit the point now where it, it kind of works better at our house if people have their own projects. But the mess factor for sure can be <laughs> something like, how much do I how much do I really want to take this on? How much mess am I willing to deal with later? I'm really not one to roll out cookies or something about that. I love to bake too with them, but more like the drop cookies or brownies or cookie cake or something like that. Not, not roll out stuff. I'm just not, mm-mm. I don't know. And, and the egg cracking thing too. I, I might be a little bit um, of a micromanager with the egg cracking. I'll just say that like crack it on the side of the bowl or crack it on the counter where it's not going to like, anyway, I have my little ways of, of trying to minimize the egg mess, but really that's part of the process too. And, and now we're working more on cleaning up after making the project, it's great to learn how to put it all together. And then there's the cleanup <laughs> part of the deal. So it's very handy to have folks who can fix stuff for themselves and others. I think it's all being at home together all day, working on, on our homeschool subjects and just living life together day in, day out for them to be able to do that for themselves rather than us having to shift gears and go prepare the meal for everybody. That's such a huge help. And it's not lost on me that that my, my people can, for the most part, procure simple meals, at least for themselves. It's fairly recent, so I'm very appreciative of that. But yeah, we've had a range of, of specialties here of starting with scrambled eggs and cookies. I actually didn't really grow up cooking. And similar to Chris, when I went to college and lived in an apartment, I think I pretty much existed on pasta with Parmesan cheese. <laughs> I made a lot of pasta. I didn't really cook much either. I might have baked a little bit, but not too much. I didn't really cook very much until I met my husband. And and then the baking, the cooking and baking have really come along since kids, I think. So everybody's pretty comfortable in the kitchen. Kelly, do you have other tips? Um, like the clean dish towel? I love that. I would not have thought of that 
I don't know what other tips I have. I will tell you though, for in our house, food has always been service. Um, and I feel like that is a huge element um, of not only getting kids in the kitchen, but also helping them learn the act of serving others. You know, I mean, you know, cooking for the sick, cooking for the needing, you know, um, every single January, our church uh, with the youth group does a huge sandwich making drive. And this year, of course, with COVID, it looked very different. And so we ended up having to like saran wrap our kitchen table and got masks and gloved up and like every teenager like got to recreate it in their own little space to still be able to get these sandwiches out to the needy. Um, and uh, so food has always been all about service. And many, many years ago, the kids brought home, you know, the little Catholic relief services box that you get from religious ed, right? And you're supposed to fill the coins. Um, and then uh, my kids went to a different preschool. So the preschool also sent home a box. And then um, I, at that time, was running a half marathon for cystic fibrosis because the girl that I had sponsored into the church during college, her child had just been born with cystic fibrosis. So I was doing a half marathon. And so we had all of these fundraising activities all together. And I was like, how are we ever going to raise money for all of these great causes at once? And, uh, you know, ask God a question and he's got an answer. So walked into my pantry opened up the door and on the side of the sugar is you should hold a bake sale. And I was like, a bake sale? What? Um, and I was like, well, you know, I, I bake. All right, fine. And um, what turned into this like, okay, let's see if we can try it. Just started all of these people that had, I had been cooking those brownies and I'm not a cookie person. I make truffles. That's my specialty actually. Um, so all these people that had been having my baked goods for all these years, I put out signs. I sent out emails. I did Facebook posts. Kelly Powers is holding a bake sale. Come. And everybody was like, is your strawberry bread going to be there? So I was like, absolutely. Your truffles? Like they were like, we're in. You let us down. So we spent all of Lent baking. We baked everything. We froze all the truffles. We made all the breads right before we made my homemade strawberry jam. We made my homemade strawberry bacon jam. Like we did all of it. And wow. the Palm Sunday, we laid out a table in the front yard. And that first year, I think we made six to $700 at our bake sale. Wow. Wow. Um, and it was the coolest moment ever. Um, so I guess this would have been Celia Mary was two. So Xavier would have been seven. I remember Xavier and I were sitting down with that little Catholic relief services box. And on the side, it said something like with $40, you can pay for all of the books for, you know, the, the year for that class. And like, you know, for like $120, you can give chairs for the classroom and da, 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 da. And to read all four of whatever was on the side of the box and to tell him, do you realize today we bought all four of those things for that classroom? And he just was like, we really did? And it really kind of created a thing. And I, we did our Lenten bake sale for four years. Um, the first year that we stopped it, my dad passed away um, right in that time. And, and then it was real hard to get back, right? Because now the kids are in all other sorts of things. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm surprised no one's asked. They must have gotten used to now the Powers Bake Sale. Usually every Easter I get asked, is it coming back yet? Are we getting back to that? Um, but it was an awesome and amazing opportunity to teach the kids the idea of, of service. And this past summer, um, Celia got the idea that she wanted to help animals. And she was like, I'm going to bring back our bake sale in my own way. She, her specialty is cupcakes. She's like, I'm going to make my cupcakes. And she designed four different flavors of cupcakes. Um, and she put out signs just like I did and sat in the front yard. And she was like, whatever money I bring in, I'm going to give to the local animal shelter. I want to help the animals. And what an awesome and amazing thing to, to teach her. You know, I mean, this is because there's only so many service opportunities that there are for kids, you know, right? They all have that age minimum or whatever. So this is something that they can they can give back and they can see. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're called to feed people. So why I think all people enjoy a good cupcake. Oh, sure. I love that big sale story. It brought together so many aspects of service and talent and charity and all of those all of those things came together so beautifully and that I think that's such a neat idea maybe one of these she's bringing it back so maybe your momentum's picking up again mm-hmm. I don't know I'm busy running the math department now so you know. <laughs> I like her idea of the cupcake stand I've never been a big lemonade stand person but I would totally stop at a cupcake stand yeah Well, and you know, what was cool was also the time and attention that she spent to designing the cupcakes. I mean, right, that was her artistic. uh, So she she had a cookies and cream cupcake and then she had an ice cream cone cupcake. And uh, if you ever want anything really cool, ice cream cake cones serve as a perfect cupcake liner. So rather than using a cupcake Uh liner, you can put cake batter into cake cones bake it in a mini muffin pan that flat cake bottom fits perfectly inside of a mini muffin pan and the cupcake will bake inside the cake cone um and it's such a cool thing because then you just hand your kids the whole cone and they can sit there and eat it just like it's an ice cream cone but it's still a cupcake i have a friend who taught me how to do it she believes that you should always do like a chocolate chip batter because all of the chocolate chips sink to the bottom of the cake cone. And then you get like, you know, like that drumstick has the bottom of the solid chocolate, like for your last night. She's like, that's the trick to the, the cake cone cupcake. Oh, nice. We're, we're going to need a recipe for this. Yeah. Yes. The ideas just keep getting better and better. You just one after another. <laughs> and the idea to bake it in a, a cake cone like that. I loathe washing muffin pans. Like that, that task is enough to be like, no, I'm not doing muffins. However, I have a solution short of the cake cone. That's a great idea because I can see having a muffin out of a cake cone. I could, I could roll with that. But I like to now scoop out the muffin batter with a cookie scoop, like a ice cream scoop or a disher, I guess. Is that the term they use? The disher? Like scoop it out and bake them as muffies like you get at Panera, like the muffin tops. Just bake them like cookies with your muffin batter. You don't have to deal with the muffin pan. Unless you have cake cones. So that might be the next next thing to try. I like what you were saying, Kelly, with the way that your daughter planned all of the different flavors and seeing all the ingredients that go in and the base ingredients that, you know, all of them have sugar and flour and things like that. And then the things that you change for the various flavors, some ingredients, you need just that little bit of it. But 
everything in the right proportions, right? And I think that that's part of that independence and creativity that we see is there's a big difference between looking at a sack of flour and thinking, oh, this is just a sack of flour and looking at this and thinking, oh, this is ice cream cone cupcakes and this is homemade pasta and this is all these different things. Um, That's what I like is a lot of the same basic ingredients, but then mixing them with various things to reach all sorts of different results. My son feels that way about sautéing. So as I said, he's not one to be in the kitchen, but he will tell you, I can saute anything. And he thinks it's so cool, the amount of things that you can make via sauteing. Like he can make a pot of vegetables, right? He can make scrambled eggs. Um, His favorite thing to saute is uh, meatballs into sauce. Like he loves how many different things that can be created by the same process of sauteing. Um, And I find some comfort in knowing that at least he's not going to starve and he's going to have a fairly well-balanced diet since he knows how to both saute onions and meatballs, um, giving that full package deal. Oh, yeah. That's well said. There are so many valuable lessons to be learned from having our kids with us in the kitchen and helping them compile meal plans and grocery lists and going shopping. So I think it's been a great activity just for us to be together doing and building up their own recipe box in their mind or or even if they compile one we have a big three ring binder that we we compile recipes in and and now they know their way around that and and find their specialties one of them makes say a dipping spice blend similar to one we found at an Italian restaurant way long time ago Carabas if anyone's familiar with it they would set this blend of dipping spices on the table with olive oil and so but we found a copycat recipe and so now one of our kids keeps us supplied with that and and we have that on hand and and they make biscuits and and scrambled eggs and meatballs are a great thing for them to do our girls have been making they're the meatball makers and what a help it is when they are working on they're actually making the meatballs and I'm able to get other stuff done part of the meal what a collaborative and helpful thing that is it's it's and they get a lot of satisfaction from it and and ask if they can help in the kitchen and that help me feel better about them being able to feed themselves, not just pasta with Parmesan cheese like I ate in college when they are not under my roof anymore. I think that's great, Chris, that your kids are working on lunch and breakfast. And I've tried to uh, throw out a couple of times when, when kids are looking for something to do, you know, you could make up a batch of waffles, you know, it takes a long time to make waffles but you could make them as something to do and then freeze them. And then you have waffles later. <laughs> Why not? There's waffles. So once you progress from your, your starting points of scrambled eggs and things like that, what are the next couple of dishes? Have you found any that are sort of a logical progression for you guys at your houses? <laughs> yes. Um, I have, they haven't graduated uh, to those larger portions of meat yet, just because that takes um, quite a bit of just experience and eyeballing and and knowing that cooking time, but ground, ground beef, uh, we've set the oldest two to task for making uh, an entire spaghetti meal, uh, including, you know, being able to chop the vegetables, brown the meat and uh, cook the pasta and get it all, all prepared in those ways. And, but that leads into something else knives knife use as yeah, uh yeah. frightened as i am about letting them all loose on our our knives they they actually all use them even the the six-year-old even uses the paring knife to cut apples and things like that uh i have my set 
that is very, very sharp. They yeah. serve their purpose yeah. in the kitchen and get used very frequently. But we also have uh, another set that's a little more dull. I also have kid, um, kid-friendly knives, which I started a couple of them using at one point. Uh, they were they were sharp enough to work on vegetables, but they weren't so sharp that we were losing fingers. So, and I think we've had a, a couple of nicks here and there. Those are mostly my fingers that are getting nicked, but <laughs> I think it's a good skill to um, to know how to to work those vegetables. And like like Kelly was saying, being able to saute, we, I, I feel like these guys are 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 the saute queens too, because every time I like go from the stove to the sink. I turn around and someone's stirring something. It's like, what are you doing? It's, I'm, I'm making food. <laughs> they they want to help too. Everyone wants to help, and that's great. And they're they're not gonna get that experience without just being let in there and um and to make that mess that we were talking about. Uh, which the, to get back to that, the rule is in this house: if you use my kitchen, you clean my kitchen, and that means appliances, countertops, and floors because there is. Like, like Kelly, flour everywhere, always flour, even if they're not using flour, there's flour. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yep. But that is kind of the, the natural progression. It's like eggs, ground meat, vegetables, being able to, to cut, prepare, and um, uh, kind of stage it ready for cooking and then cooking uh, things that can be sauteed like ground meats. I'm so glad that you brought up the safety side of it because cooking with with knives and with working around stoves and ovens and things like that is this great opportunity to learn like a healthy interaction with these things that merit some respect for the damage that they can cause, but are also very constructive when used properly. And and I remember kind of like you were saying about your younger ones with your pairing knives. I remember our mom used to give me the tops of celery stock with like her smallest knife and let me just practice on the celery tops and different things like that. And then you mentioned your set of knives, it's very sharp. I I went through a phase when I was reading a lot of cooking school memoirs and one of the culinary school sayings is a sharp knife is a safe knife because with a dull knife, you're having to put so much pressure on it that it can go out of control. And thankfully that's not nearly as much of a worry with, with little ones because that makes sense to have something that's not super sharp with them. But then as they get older, learning that healthy interaction, the care, but also the utilization of these tools that can help us prepare lots of things. And if I were to add, what they all started on are peelers. I mean, you can give a three-year-old a peeler and they can just go to town, hand them a couple carrots. They're, they are good to go. That it will uh, occupy them for quite a while while you're making dinner. Here, peel some carrots. <laughs> you might not have any carrot left after they're done peeling it, but just learning that, um, uh, and it is a skill, just being able to learn how the, the tool fits on the vegetable to, to peel. So it's a, it's a good kiddo thing to do. <laughs> oh, sure. Mm-hmm couple of our kids here who enjoy peeling and I really do not enjoy peeling and they ask to peel on like, oh yes, please go right ahead. I think that also brings to mind the idea of making kind of peace within my own mind of getting them involved, their natural desire to help and be with you in the kitchen doing what you're doing and helping you somehow and how sometimes, at least from my own experience, it's it was easier to do it myself. And here I know how I want this to go and I know how to minimize the mess and there's so much happening. I just want to get this done so that 
whatever else needs to happen is going to happen. But it, finding the ways that they can kind of work alongside me in whatever is appropriate to their skill level, their age level, whatever. And it's a point of connection for us that we're working on something together as it, as it has gone incrementally and they have grown, grown more confident and more creative Then it's, it kind of works out well for all of us that they're able to contribute this way and have fun doing it. And it helps the family out as well. I think it's, it's taken, it had to, I had to kind of sort through that in my mind, recognizing that I'm going to take this time and there might be a little bit more mess to clean up or whatever, but it's going to be worth it. And that's a struggle. I, um, I definitely struggle with the same thing with, and I'm glad to hear that you've, uh, uh, you've opened up and, and let them join you in there and you have that, um, that bonding experience and, um, I, just having that time together and it's uh, making memories. And uh, I, I I struggle with that saying, okay, I have a project. I know what I'm doing with this and I don't want any help. And uh, my way is sure. the right way. So allowing them the opportunity to actually um, uh, try and to, to be part of the food that puts that they're invested. Now they are, they made part of that. And they have that uh, that special time with their parents. They, like my husband is amazing at letting them help him in the kitchen. So he he will set them to task. Uh, um, since I've been so busy, uh, you know, not just the homeschooling and advising, but uh, with my schoolwork, uh, he he does take on a lot of cooking himself. But he is great at like, okay, y- y'all are in here. You're gonna you're gonna work. All right, I need you to go chop, and then you need to go do this, and and put really sets them to task to do to get everyone involved. And it's so important because not only is it they're building skills, they're working on um, that relationship and that that bond that and um and just having a lot of fun. So and that's the, the other yeah. piece in my kitchen. We always have music, so there's always a lot of singing and a lot of dancing. So it's love it. That does sound like fun. However much I end up verbalizing of that, I definitely have those moments where I would just rather <laughs> do it myself. So you speak of music. We we have a speaker in our kitchen, and my husband likes it much more. I, I There's so much noise in my life that every now and then I, I like it to be quiet. So usually I, I, I cook in silence, but I never bake in silence. So um, every single time I bake, my, my favorite Christian music to listen to is Jamie Grace. Um, I just absolutely love her. And so uh, the, the speaker is set to play Jamie Grace. And I remember one time uh, I had her on and I was making dinner, which was very weird. And Celia comes running from the other room. What are we having? Is it cookies? Is it cake? Aww. Like, Aww. I, she just assumed <laughs> if the speaker was going, that there was a dessert to be found. And I, she was so disappointed. She's like, you made a roast? That's it? <laughs> that was when I noticed my uh, trend to always bake to music, uh, but to cook to silence. I discovered a Spotify playlist called Nancy Meyer's Kitchen. That's all sorts of like jazzy music and and some light pop that sounds like a montage from, I don't know, the holiday or the intern or something's got to give or something like that. And that's always good cooking music. But Bonnie, you listen to podcasts sometimes when you cook, don't you? That's one of the times that you fit your podcasts in. Right. Typically, yes. If I'm in there by myself, yes, I'm probably listening to a podcast. If there is someone in there with me, then yes, if I remember, 
sometimes I don't remember it maybe similar to you Kelly like okay there's plenty of sound I don't need to add to it but if when I remember to put some music on sometimes it fits the whatever cuisine fancy what that I'm preparing if it's fajitas or spaghetti or something I'll find playlists that that goes with that or I tend to sort of default to maybe some bluegrass or um, creole just for fun around that time of the day just there's something about the the relative energy level of it that's not too much but it's enough to kind of buoy me through through that period of the day where I'm kind of tired by that point and still needing to keep on going so I love bluegrass that's great uh, most mm-hmm. of the time it's 40s and 50s in here. <laughs> 40s oh, nice. and 50s. Yes, and then tough. I have like an, another uh, like Spotify um, mix that I made up. It's got a lot of like 60s and 70s rock and a lot of like nice. Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack kind of stuff. So it's fun. Oh, good. Yeah. That sounds epic. That, that's like very um, heroic cooking happening. That's, that sounds like good stuff too. Yes. And when you guys are talking about the relationships that develop in the kitchen, I wanted to name the episode this. And so I have to fit it in here because normally the titles are more organic than this. But I really like the Teresa Vavilo quote about God walks among the pots and pans. So I had to get that one in there because I wanted to call this episode among the pots and pans. So God walks among the pots and pans and then the relationships get formed between them. I love that. That's beautiful. In our house, the relationship between the pots and pans is I make a complete disaster of them. And my wonderful servant (laughs) husband washes them and cleans them. I've been very guilty throughout this entire, uh, if you want a secret, deep down secret of Kelly Powers, I don't do dishes. Um, My husband does them all. He cleans everything up. I I mean, I'm such a slacker. I don't even watch my breakfast and lunch dishes when he's not here. He comes home in the evening and does this. Um, So much so that when he traveled out of town, my dad used to call me to find out if I was um, able to, to rise above and wash my own dishes. And I was like, I can wash my own dishes. I don't like to. And for my husband, that's always, he's like, you do all of the meal planning, all of the cooking, all, you know, all of the grocery shopping. He's like, this is my contribution to the food element. And I'm always very happy just to, uh, we got a new dishwasher recently. It was a month before he even showed me what the inside of it looked like. And I didn't care that I didn't know. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I've added anything since that month ago when I learned <laughs> what it looked like. Um, this is, this like is the kind of husband. This is the kind of husband I need. (laughs) I just need, he doesn't need to really be able to cook himself. He just needs to be able to do the dishes happily and we'll, we'll be good. He lived off uh, frozen foods and bagged salad until he met me. Uh, So his, his culinary specialty is peanut butter and jelly. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so, but he's all into dishes and there's, in, in our uh, almost 20 years together, there's only been one day that he ever said anything. And it was at Christmas and we had everyone over for Christmas. And God bless his sweet soul. As soon as he washed all the dishes in the sink, I had that thing refilled with what I was making now for whoever. And I remember it was like the fourth time in a matter of like three hours that he had walked in and the kitchen sink was just piled over. And he was just like, again, how is this possible? And that is the only time he has ever said one word, regardless of how big of a disaster I've made of the kitchen. Um, 
and uh, God bless God bless him and thank God for giving me Steve Powers. I I do love that man. That is so it goes fun. both ways. It sounds like a wonderful arrangement. Yeah. The kids get him in our house. <laughs> uh, my niece, our sixteen-year-old, uh, she hits him in the. They gets the breakfast and lunch dishes, and they both, uh, the sixteen-year-old uh, and twelve-year-old, uh, do the night dishes together. So I haven't had to. Well, I, I help a lot of times. I I clean as I go while I'm uh, working on some of the bigger din- uh, dinners, just to get some of the big stuff out of the way. But they've they've handled dishes for what about. Um, Let's say more than six months. We're we're coming up on. Uh, they've been doing them every single night. So I'm grateful nice. for that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. They typically our kids here often unload the dishwasher. We're and they're doing more and more all the time with cleaning up. Yeah, I try to clean as I go. There again, I'm probably listening to a podcast if I'm cleaning dishes later. And and we have a similar. If one of us is cooking, someone else is doing is cleaning up afterwards. That's works pretty well. Yeah. Certainly, I think that's another one of those good lessons for the the burgeoning cooks in the household. Like clean as you go along, otherwise it's very overwhelming. At least for me, so yeah. I will say I clean as I go along with qualifications because I remember a couple of times when our dad was being my sous chef and I measured one thing with the measuring spoons and it was wonderful that it was already in the dishwasher except that I needed to measure two other things. And so now I've learned like, okay, this is, I want to clean as I go along, but then I also have to figure out like it's some of that staging and that sequential thinking or Bonnie is just what you call the executive function of like from I'm going to do this thing to the thing is done. Like, okay, I'm going to need the cutting board three separate times. And so I'm going to stage it so that I can use it like that and then go ahead and put it in the dishwasher as soon as the third round is done you know to to that you know a lot of times when I'm cooking I always kind of think about also if there is something you want to reuse like what do you not want mixed together right like if you're going to cut things up you know tomatoes will will make a mess of any cutting board and then I don't really want to use it because now it's like whatever was on there likewise if I'm going to cut up chicken that better be the last thing on the cutting board right because I don't Mm -hmm. want the things to mix up so um you know, planning and thinking it through, um, you know, I think, and I look at teaching math in this respect, I think not only can we bring our kids in, but I think speaking these type of things out loud when we have the kids in the kitchen, this logical thought process that we've worked so hard to attain, being able to verbalize this really then allows them to, you know, learn that lesson, you know, of literally saying, so I finished with this cutting board, but we're going to leave it right here because I know later on I'm going to use this. It's now it's not the right time to put it in the dishwasher. Um, you know, I think offering them those verbal cues is a huge uh, component that I think all of us who have learned our lesson the hard way would appreciate somebody who had given us the heads up. Very true. Yeah, that learning at someone else's elbow, is that's one of the best ways to learn a skill depending on how people organize their their school years that it might be looking for ways to fill the time if we're not doing schoolwork, if it's summertime or some other kind of break. So the kitchen skills, doing stuff in the kitchen is a great way to spend that time, I think. So yeah. I think that's a really good point, Kelly, about verbalizing your thought process, how you have come to organize yourself as you have through the vast experience you've amassed over the years that can be very helpful 
to our kids as we're teaching them so many other things about being in the kitchen and running the household. So is there anything else you guys want to include? You guys have given us so much. I think we hit um, probably almost, we, we hit so many different angles. And I absolutely love the service angle that you put in there, Kelly. Yeah. That, that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm trying to feel like we've, we've, we've covered it all. <laughs> I think you definitely have given us so much more than more than we could ask for. Thank you. I I think the service side piece is definitely good. There have been so many opportunities for meals like meal trains or however you want to call them, like sign up, take them a meal, whatever, new babies or or families who need a meal for one reason or another, and having the opportunity to show our kids for them to see us working on that for them to collaborate with us on those things i I think that's really valuable you know you mentioned that you guys have to pay attention to the sensitivities chris and you know and sometimes it would be much easier of well i just assume put the extra cream in there well if your sister of cream doesn't agree with her here's your chance to show her love like this is a small sacrifice that you can make um for her like to see him in the grocery store reading all of the labels and being sensitive to other people. Uh, it really is an excellent opportunity to show them compassion and consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love talking about cooking. So this has been fantastic. Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you ladies both so much. This has been a fun, fun conversation. We are hoping that our listeners at home will share with us the things that they're making in the kitchen with their kids. On social media, use the hashtag Colby Kids in the Kitchen to show us what you're up to. We have lots of deliciousness ahead. Yes. Thank when you we so much for having us. our meal, I'll bring dessert. You all can cook. Yes. It. Please, I'll thank you. It's going to be delicious. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.